Welcome to the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the wisdom of authentic, brilliant, conscious, and creative women from all around the world. This podcast will leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to become truly iconic. And now, here is your host, Akena. She is a transformational coach and speaker. Hello, everyone. It's Ekene here, and welcome to another episode of the Iconic Woman podcast. So, if you listen to the trailer, you know that I will be sharing wisdom. I will be introducing guests with their wisdom from across the diaspora. And we have a wonderful roster of guests that are going to be coming your way. But today, I'm actually popping in early because we haven't even launched. But I watched The Lion King and I learned so much from this new. CGI version. I mean, actually, it's not that the story was different, obviously. It's just that I was different. And so I received information differently. And I got 10 powerful success lessons that I want to share with you as part of the pre-launch episodes. So I hope that works. So I'll get right into it. Okay. Now, you may know, or you may not know, if you're meeting me for the first time, I'm a coach. I'm an executive coach. I specialize in feminine leadership, feminine energy, soulful success. I blend the spiritual with the strategic, and I bring in a lot of different techniques from my training, but also from my womanhood. And so I want to be able to do some of that today, as well as My leadership archetype, one of the things I teach in my programs, is your feminine leadership archetype. My feminine leadership archetype is as a griot. And a griot, the best definition that I've read about it, which I love, was defined by a professor, Professor Agatucci. And she said, a griot is a person who is soaked with her culture's wisdom. And that so resonated with me. And so that is what I am. (laughs) And so as a griot, I was watching The Lion King with my family. And as expected, it was heartwarming and entertaining. But while I was watching it, my daughter was sitting right next to me and I whipped out my phone to start taking notes. And she's looking at me like, really, mom, are you kidding me? And I'm like, you don't even understand. I have to, I have to take notes. There are so many things in this movie that are success lessons. And I thought I had to share my ahas with all of you. So here's the first one. You were born to be who you are meant to be. You were born iconic. You were born a luminary. You were born a leader. But you have to do the work to become yourself in order to take your rightful place. Just like Simba in the movie, who was born to be king, it couldn't happen for him until he became the king inside. That's how we are. Think about it for a minute, and I'd like you to ask yourself some hard but powerful questions. What or who were you born to be? What is your leadership birthright? What have you allowed life to hold you back from becoming? Now, here's the second lesson. When we are not disciplined, 
emotionally mature, spiritually grounded, we allow ourselves to become targets and we are easily robbed of our destiny, easily diluted of our potential. Again, let's look at Simba. Simba, the prince, because he lacked wisdom as a cub, Scar, who was the antagonist, the evil uncle, was able to trick him over and over again until finally he tricked him out of the throne. I'd like you to think again back on your life or even think about your life right now. How have you allowed yourself to be robbed of your rightful place? What are your gaps emotionally? How could you develop in that area? What are your gaps spiritually? How could you develop in that area? How can you better develop as a person? How can you develop more discipline? Scar used shame and fear to trick Simba out of the throne. And shame and fear are common tactics, common tools of the enemy, the enemy of your soul. You see, shame forces you into hiding. Shame keeps you playing small. Shame keeps you from trying. Shame makes you feel as if you're unworthy of the role that you were born to live. And then fear, fear makes you feel as if no one will appreciate what you have. Fear makes you think you're going to fail. Fear tells you the risk is too great. Fear keeps you stuck. Lesson number three. When you allow your pain to define you, you descend into your worst self. I found Scar to be a really interesting character. Scar was the brother of the king. It seemed as if they had had a fight and that he had literally been scarred. And he probably was emotionally scarred by a number of things. And he had become defined by his wound. In fact, it had become his name, Scar. And this had become who he was. A lot of the time, we, whenever we meet difficult people, most of us who are aware, we know they're difficult because they are wounded. Hurting people hurt people. But here's the thing about woundedness. Wounded equals toxic when the individual chooses not to pursue healing. I think that's worth saying again. Wounded equals toxic when the individual chooses not to pursue healing and lives in the space of the woundedness and the wounding day to day. And so I want to ask you, is there any wounding that you haven't addressed? Is there any pain that you need to focus on healing? Is there any person or incident that you need to forgive? There are many of us that don't even realize when our wounding has become our definition. It becomes all you talk about, you mark yourself by that, you mark yourself by the trauma, and it becomes your definition. And when you meet people like that, and I'm sure you have, you see that they're a bit embittered, you see that they're stuck, they can't move forward. Unresolved pain changes you. The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It also says to guard your heart with all diligence because from it flows all the issues of life. The life you live is and will be deeply impacted by how healed you choose to be. You can't always control if you get hurt, but you can choose to heal from whatever hurts you have. 
even if someone hurt you and it wasn't your fault, it is your responsibility to heal. It is your life after all. Lesson number four. When you run from who you are, life will provide you with ample distractions and things that sedate you into complacency. Timon and Pumbaa, as engaging as they were, they were distractions for Simba. He would have spent the rest of his life wasting his gifts and never fulfilling purpose. Now, the distractions, they sounded and they looked good, right? Beautiful location, no responsibilities, no accountability. Akuna Matata, right? It means no worries for the rest of your days. It sounds good. But that lifestyle was actually diminishing him. If you notice, he went from eating meat to now subsisting on grubs. In his unwillingness to face the hard challenges in his life, he ended up settling for less. Can you relate with that? Do you know someone who falls into that category? Again, some powerful questions. What has distracted you? What is lulling you into a false sense of complacency? What is tricking you to subsist on less? Subsist on a less than career? Subsist on a less than relationship? Or maybe you feel a faint call to do something more. When you look at the state of the world, maybe you wish you could do something more impactful. But then just as soon as you're thinking the thought, you are overwhelmed by your busy life or you become too focused on the superficial. Listen, you are being distracted by design, and part of your becoming is having the wisdom and the courage to see through that subterfuge. Lesson number five. What is the role of a woman that is a wife? Nala was destined to be Simba's partner. She loved him. She was his friend, and that is why she became the voice that challenged him. It was she who gave the wake-up call. She reminded him of who he needed to be. She didn't have a love that was people-pleasing. She didn't have a love that was self-serving. Her love called him to his higher self. When I look at Nala, I think about the role of woman in general. In our individual relationships, we should be the one who calls our partner to his higher self. And for the world at large, we are meant to be that as well. Nala was only able to do that because she knew who she was. And she did not depend on him for her validation. As a woman, you can only do what you're called to do if you know who you are. If you know that you are loved by the Most High first. If you are not afraid, if you are more moved by purpose than comfort, you can be powerful. Lesson number six. In order to awaken to your power, you have to awaken your soul. Simba had a soul work experience when he spoke to his father. Rafiki was the guide who took him through that soulful experience. It was Rafiki that helped him remember who he was. And if you remember the scene where Rafiki is taking him to the water and asking him to look at the water and say, who do you see? Look at it. See your father. 
you will remember that that particular scene was a bit dark. He was pushing through trees. It was a bit scary. It was fraught with tension. Sometimes the process of being guided to go through that soul experience is not always easy. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it requires something of you. It, if it was easy, most people would do it. But because it requires something of you, a lot of us choose not to follow that path. But Simba did. Once Simba became ready, the teacher appeared. And that's a, an adage that I believe to be true. Once the student is ready, the teacher appears. But you see, Simba made an important choice. And this is a choice that we have to make if we are ready to move forward. He made a choice to allow himself to be guided. He didn't let fear win on his journey to be guided. He committed, and that is how he remembered who he was. Who is the teacher who has appeared for you? Who are you going to allow to be your guide? This may be critical on your path to remembering who you are. Lesson number seven. Even though Simba had gone through an empowering experience, he still had to face a defining battle. And so will you. It is the battle we must all face. The battle against the accuser and the liar. He had to face Scar, and when Scar accused him publicly, all of that old shame and fear rose up again. Who has accused you? Or who are you afraid will accuse you? And what are you afraid they're going to accuse you of? Sometimes that thing, that secret shame, is what's keeping us bound. Sometimes the accuser is our own voice, the inner critic. Just when you've worked so hard, it shows up and tries to stop you one last time. And that is the battle that you must fight. But don't despair. If you notice, Simba didn't fight that battle alone. As soon as he got ready to speak his truth and face his fears, Nala was able to engage the other lions to fight with him. Are you ready to face your truth? Are you ready to speak truth to power, to face your fears and take your rightful place? Once you are ready, you'll begin to attract people who will stand by you and support you. You will attract your tribe. Lesson number eight. Taking your rightful place is not an option. It is a mandate. It was interesting to me to see how beautifully it was depicted the devastation in the land after Simba left and Scar took over the throne. It was a marked difference. There are systems and people that are dependent on you stepping into the role that you were born to play. If you don't take your rightful place, someone else will. It's one of the reasons why I'm passionate about supporting women in rising to their highest level of leadership. Because when we don't rise up to the call of leadership, someone else leads. And often people suffer because that leadership is poor. As you read this, and as you hear this rather, I should say, I pray that you are challenged and you are awakened. I pray that you determine within yourself to take your place. 
I pray that you recognize that your people are struggling because they are waiting on you. I pray that you decide in this moment to let nothing hold you back. Just like Simba had to finally take his place and become king, I pray that you will finally take your place as the leader you were born to be. Lesson number nine. We must choose purpose over comfort. We must choose purpose over personal motivations. We must choose purpose over fears. We were created for purpose. And taking our seats requires that very knowledge. And acting on that knowledge that we were created for a purpose is critical because without the knowledge of our purpose, we perish. And so it is time to put the past behind us and press on towards the high calling of that purpose. And finally, lesson number 10. We must know this, that the peace, the abundance, the joy, the wealth, the love, and everything else that you seek will come when you take your place. One of my favorite scriptures says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all other things will be added. And as I reflect on that, as I reflect on many scriptures, I, I see many different revelations of them as I read them in different times. And when I reflect on that in this time, I recognize that for us to seek the kingdom of God is to seek the good and the light that we are designed to bring into the world, to do what we are called to do, to show up even when it's difficult. And when we do that, just like Simba at the end had Nala by his side and had birthed his own son, the pride land was thriving, his family was all around him, he had joy and peace and abundance. When we do what we are called to do, when we step into the role, we will have all that we seek in time. When you answer the call, when you take the hero's journey. And so I'm going to leave you with one final powerful question. Are you ready to answer the call? Are you ready to take that critical next step in the direction of your purpose? God bless you. Talk to you soon. Be well.